I'm Ben Clunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. We're two entrepreneurial professionals based in Spokane, Washington. Join us on our journey to make 2019 the most prosperous of our lives. We'll bear all as we strive to improve all aspects of our business and our health and fitness, as well as our relationships personally and professionally. We aim to offer impactful insight into our business and personal lives. We'll share the good, the bad, and the ugly throughout our journey. With the ultimate goal of our business and fitness being in the best shape of our lives at the close of 2019. You are listening to the Ordinary to Extraordinary Podcast. Steven, that's great. <laughs> Thank you for notifying me that we're recording. Well, we were already recording and you were basically gibbering nonsense about your schedule. So we're recording this on December 9th, 2019. We have 2019. four more podcasts that we'll release. There's, there's five Mondays. Yeah, a lot December. of Mondays. Yeah, a lot on Mondays. A lot of Mondays. It's like, hey, we'll give you Christmas in this month, but hey, guess what? We're also <laughs> going to throw five Mondays at you. Yeah, which so, means, yeah, um, that's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah, so I think when I guessed 51 podcasts, I don't know how I managed to do it, but I was spot on. So this will release on the 16th. I was just looking at you because you're an idiot. Monday the okay, 16th. Yeah. And yeah, we're, uh, we're almost to the end of 2019, Ben. 2019, end of it. Yep. 2020, right around the corner. So since this is going to release on the 16th, we're going to get into the festive spirit a little bit. You can sing Christmas Girls? Please no. <laughs> Although my favorite Christmas carol is in the answer to the question that I'm about to give you. Right, Ralph. What are your three favorite Christmas movies? Oh. <laughs> it's a Wonderful Life, Christmas Vacation, and probably Elf. I like Elf. Elf's yeah. an honorable mention for me. But mine are Home Alone, Home it's Alone 2, Lost in New York. They, they get one in two spot. Okay. Number three, I know you're going to roll your eyes at this one. Die Hard. Oh, good Lord. Did you see that on that that meme or something? The Die Hard? There was a meme going around. Christmas movies and Die Hard was the one that people were like, This what? has been my answer since the 90s. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. The entire plot of the movie is Bruce Willis getting home to his family. For Christmas? For Christmas. Okay. There so, you go. There you go. Die Hard is definitely a Christmas movie. It's wonderful. And it's also, I remember well, the very first movie that I ever heard Jingle Bell Rock. I'd never really? heard that yeah. song until I watched that. Should we up. sing it? No, thank you. <laughs> Let's talk Christmas a little bit since we're Let's getting talk close. Christmas. I have a love really love hate relationship with Christmas. You kind of love hate relationship with a lot of things. But the thing with Christmas <laughs> is I we talked about consumerism a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I hate the consumerism part of it. I just do not get that at all but i love what it does i love that it brings family together yep i love that it also makes people do things that they wouldn't do the rest of the year nice things they go out and they actually think about donating to people they think about giving to charities they think about helping the less fortunate i love it but i i hate that the the actual reason and the meaning of it has been lost on so many you don't hate the actual reason and meaning of it. No, so no. But we're, just so we're being clear with what you just said. I hate that that has been lost on yeah, so many. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 
And you don't need to be religious to do nice things or even appreciate it. It's just, yeah, I don't know. We still have another podcast release prior to the Christmas even with yeah, where this is released. We'll we can, have to, we'll we can have sing to Christmas carols on that one. We'll do some fun Christmassy stuff. We'll do, some, we'll do some singing. Yeah, wait, that will be the Santangelo one. It will be. Yeah. We can okay. sing with Santangelo. Okay. <laughs> so today we were going to kick it off. And get started a little early with our leadership discussion. Yeah, I just I was thinking on it, and I figured we could probably frame a little bit. Funny exchange between Stephen and I this morning. He emailed me over the weekend. I did not realize the first sentence of the email, and I skipped that and went on to the two sections. And he said, "Pick one below," and I picked both, <laughs> both topics, and I smashed them together. And Stephen is now in love with the concept. So. This is what we're going to talk about today is leadership, our, each of our individual takes on leadership, mm-hmm. and then uh, kind of how you can be a leader even when you're not in kind of the managerial position. I'm liking it. So first off, what does it mean to be a leader? And even if you're not a quote unquote, in my terminology, a boss, how can you be a leader? I think the first thing you need to do is drop the term boss. No, Never no, no. I'm going to explain it. it. All right. I'm going to explain it. it. Yeah. So can, can I read what I'd actually sent you just so people are aware of <laughs> sure how yeah go read the exchange so I said hey pick from below what does it take to be a great leader we can discuss our take on leadership and build into the 2020 vision and plan f- for the podcast this so that was option one option one option two two option two how can you lead when you don't have a leadership or management role similar discussion with a different dimension that may be more relatable to many people. And you know what you do when you're a leader? You take both concepts and you <laughs> smash them together into one. And you take the bull by the horns and you lead the topic. Yeah, sure. Or you just don't read people's emails and you assume you know what they're writing. Hashtag leader. But no, I, I, I did the same thing this morning. So our board was procuring for Wednesday for our event. Oh, so that's why I got a text message? And someone sent through that they had procured a laptop bag, Microsoft oh. laptop bag, which is cool. And I read it as a laptop and a bag. So I was like, holy crap, that's awesome. <laughs> laptop. <laughs> a laptop? So, yeah. It's a, she works for Microsoft. It's a Commodore 64. It's, is it, yeah. well, she works for Microsoft. It didn't seem outlandish. They have, she works for Microsoft. Oh, there you yeah, go. They have everybody's money. I figured a laptop wasn't that outlandish. Well, not one of theirs, especially. I mean, pretty yeah. cheap. So, so yeah, let's get back onto this. So, how would you Leadership. like to start? I'm going to let you kick off because I think we do well when we just talk and bounce yeah, no. off each other. We each have a couple of little points, I think, that we jotted down here. I wanted to start off with something that. So, I've been listening and continue to listen to the book, The Infinite Game, right? Awesome. So, I am listening to it. I only have two hours left. So, I could probably get it done this week. Mm-hmm. So, before the end of the month. Good book so far. Liking what he says. A lot of what he's saying uh, resonates. So for those of you that don't know what the hell I'm talking about, The Infinite Game is a book that Simon Sinek wrote. Also the guy who wrote uh, Start With Why. Eat, another book that we last. reference. And, yeah, the Leaders Eat Last. So a lot of good books. A lot of good thought, you know, thought leader. This particular one I like especially just because it aligns with my way of thinking. Right When somebody asks me goal setting, I have a hard time really defining sometimes what my goals are. It's like I just want continual progress and to feel like... I'm being fully utilized, if that makes sense. So it has nothing to do with, I guess, what we're talking about today. And I went totally off topic there. But what I wanted to talk about to kick it off was the difference between a boss and a leader. Because there's a line in there, and I'm going to butcher the line. But basically, it's like a boss is just somebody who's been 
given the ability to hand down commands. Mm-hmm. So not necessarily that you admire or look up to or that you want to follow. And the way I was thinking about a leader is like a leader is somebody really that whether or not you're getting paid, you want to stand behind them and fight for whatever cause it is that they stand for. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Agree with it so far? Absolutely. Okay. And I'm, you see the grin on my face? I know. Your eyes do. So I said, boss has the ability to tell you what to do. And a leader, you're going to follow regardless. Yeah. You didn't cry? Was it that beautiful? No, I want to. Gonna... <clears throat> I had a frog in my throat, but not because you moved me to tears. But, and so I'll, I'll say one thing, and then I'm going to let you jump in. The one, I think leadership is admiration, and boss is more just, I wrote down disdain, but I guess that's kind of a strong word. But because you can be a boss and a leader, right? Yeah. It's like, so maybe not disdain, but I mean, it's just a position. Whereas leadership is, I mean, it's a state of being. Okay. It's number five on my little points here, but it's essentially the same thing you just said, that you serve the people who follow you. And I said, this is the case and everybody matters, right? Uh, So think about the story that Mike Roth told us when we were interviewing him, where he asks everybody, do you know the custodian's name? Mm -hmm. And why were they important? Because they clean the toilets, the toilets that you have to sit on at some point. Yeah, they clean them but you don't know their name you learn everybody's name and you serve them and then I thought beyond that and you're not allowed to laugh but I've got a quote from Braveheart go figure the Scottish guy's got a quote from Braveheart I don't know that William Wallace actually said this but if he did it's true and he's talking to one of the Scottish landowners who were basically given titles and and land to essentially be subservient to the English And he said, you think the people of this land exist to provide you with position. I think your position exists to provide those people with freedom. Now, take freedom and change it to any other word that is positive to provide them with with health, with dignity, with all of the things that a leader of a country or a a landowner or a, a noble person should do. And it just made me think of that, but it ties in exactly with what you're saying. A boss or... A bad leader is somebody that barks orders, demands that things get done, but never takes the time to earn your respect or get feedback. Mm-hmm. And, and I but commonly calls themselves a leader. Yeah, because they hundred percent agree with you. Air quote, lead a group of people. Like there are there are companies all over the world that have people in C suite that are there because of their own performance, but not because they're leaders. How many companies do you know that promote based on performance? versus based on aptitude for leadership. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think even in that book, The Infinite Game, that I've listened to, Simon Sinek is talking about how so many people are promoted based upon not their ability to lead people or to invest into people, but upon their knowledge base, right? So it's like they have their MBAs and they've gone to the Ivy Leagues and they've run a company before and they understand it from a profit and loss standpoint, which don't get me wrong, you have to have that as a base, as a foundation, right? If you can't read a P&L statement and you're the CEO, we probably have a problem. But also, it's like understanding your human capital and how important that is. Because I think we're talking about two different things, right? You know, your basic core competencies of being a CEO, which is what most CEOs look at, that's purely financial and, you know, the, what we all think of as it. But then the even more important thing is understanding how to value human capital. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the leadership role and the admiration that true, truly great leaders get comes from. I kind of summarized it this way. It's like a, a boss is a position right while leadership is away mm-hmm. yeah the very first point i have 
you mentioned Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. I literally adore the guy. I can't we should get him hear on. him enough, read him enough. Uh, I do have something for you. I looked up his schedule next year, and I do want to go to Los Angeles with you to go to a conference of his, okay. along with some other things, and I'll get you some dates. But keep that in mind. We'll talk about in it off air. I think it would be really impactful. The start with why concept. So why, how, and what, right? Every company and people within company know what they do. Mm-hmm. A lot of people within those companies know how they do it. How many people within every company know why they do it, right? And he he mentions why isn't making money, why isn't beating other people, why is what is the core principle of the company? So you take Apple, Apple's principle is we want to challenge the status quo. Like it's literally in their, their guiding documents, challenge the status quo. They changed the music industry, they changed headphones, they changed phones. They've done so much. A computing company, a company that essentially makes computers, mm-hmm. is now making all these ancillary products. And they might not even be doing it better. Android has amazing phones. Dell has amazing computers. There's Bose, Sony. All of these people have amazing headphones. Guess what? Apple eats into their profits every single year, not because they do it better than them, their products are probably a little subpar, especially their headphones. AirPods are not the best product, but they're the most convenient to work with the phones that they work with in the way that they work. And what they do is they challenge... As you have a pair sitting on the table right now. Yeah, they challenge the status quo. They literally took something and said, hey, we're not going to necessarily do it better, but we're going to do it in a well, you're way... you're describing the book, that is, the whole book. Yeah, yeah, that works, right? So, but beyond, beyond Apple, there's so many examples of this that... Leaders are able to focus in on a why, on a, and they're, they have clarity on it, they're disciplined to it, and they're consistent. And it's one of the reasons... Driven look, by passion, yeah. I'm not the greatest leader. I'm still learning, I'm still growing. But one of the things I do at every meeting for the boards that I serve on now is before I challenge anything, I read the mission statement and the vision and what are we supposed to be doing And then I'll ask a simple question. Rather than challenging exactly what someone presents, if it needs challenged, Mm -hmm. I ask, what does this do in order to get us closer to our mission and our vision? How are we doing that? Yeah. And Well, that's a good check. Yeah. And I think often we get caught up in squabbles as leaders or even as subordinates. Um, And subordinates is a bad word. That's a boss-type relationship again. But often as leaders, we get caught up in squabbles that don't matter. And if we just point people back to what the guiding principle and the why is, we can we can move forward. So I think the clarity and the discipline and the consistency of why we're doing what we're doing is what makes a great leader. Somebody that can always point us back that direction. Yeah. And so it's cool. So you and I are getting an understanding, but I think we've already always been on the same page as far as what we think it is to be a leader. And part of 2020 was that you and I are going to grow. Like that's our journey for 2020 is growing our leadership capabilities and ourselves Mm -hmm. as a leader from non quote unquote boss type positions, right? Like neither of us has a, a team that really that we head up or anything, at least at this point. So it'll be fun to... I mean, this kind of sets the stage for what 2020 is for us in terms of how we think about leadership. And then we're jumping into next, uh, even when you're not in that boss role like you and I currently are, how can you lead? I think there's a difference, and this is really important. You kind of touched on it, 
But you have to understand the difference between being given power, i.e. you got promoted, mm-hmm. and earning respect. Yep, totally. Because right? when you respect somebody, you follow them wherever they go, you back them up on things that maybe if, if you don't respect them, you take a step backwards and go, hey, I'm going to insulate myself from this. They follow leaders that they respect. People will always follow. And you know, if they don't respect you, if you're the guy that shows up late, leaves early... Mm. You know what I'm writing down right now? Work ethic. Yeah. If you're the guy that that barks orders at people to, hey, get that done by three o'clock today. And it's like, well, I have proactive things I have to get Mm -hmm. done. Can we have a realistic... And obviously there's times where it's all hands on deck, but it always has to be spread evenly. When you're that person, when you're a boss, truly a boss, just an asshole boss, you're the first one to get voted off the island. Yeah. You're the first one that nobody wants to back up. (laughs) True. I was just thinking about it too. It's like you always, they see like, they talk about the business owner that's in the trenches with the people and how like, oh man. So is that the business owner out there shoveling the sidewalk or just cleaning the toilets or doing, it's like, they always say, do the things, you know, don't ask somebody to do something you're not willing to do, right? It's like the leaders are the, are the people that are doing the things that, but that they also might have to ask someone to do, but they're also doing them themselves and they will pick up the shovel and dig the hole if they need to, right? Yeah. Going back to one of my first points is like, if, if, I said, you know, leadership is a way of being more so than a role. So if it's a way of being, then it doesn't really matter what your current role is. You can be a leader. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you can lead. I mean, you can be a leader of yourself. You can invigorate yourself. I don't know what it is, who, but I mean, I had a, a buddy who isn't a leader, in you know, or isn't a boss, excuse me, in his role. But he, he's got a startup, but where he currently works I mean, he makes the most cold calls out of anybody in there, right? And so he's helping the other guys learn how to make cold calls, you know, and is admired for his ability to go and just pound the phones during the day and make uh, calls and people respect him for it, right? So it's like that's kind of in your own right, in your own little area, you're a leader. And I think don't necessarily look at it on a big scale too. You might look at it on a smaller scale. Yeah. I mean, maybe you're part of the... PTA, you know, or something, and you're leading through that, or you're part of a running club, and you're the leader of the running. I mean, it all starts, I think, on a micro scale and grows. It does grow, and it does start on that micro scale. Before you can ever macro anything, I think was it you I talked to about scale? No, it was it was Brian. We were talking about soccer over the weekend. This is another thing that I think anybody in any kind of management or leadership role, or even an ownership role, mm-hmm. should understand scale breaks shit scale done incorrectly so when you think about so think from an anthropological standpoint that was a hard word to say (laughs) i had to spit that out anthropological so from an anthropological standpoint humans have been on the earth for about fifty thousand years about forty thousand of those years communities were never bigger than 100 to 150 people Mm -hmm. socialism essentially worked in small communities you had hunters and gatherers, you had people that made the food, you had people that did other things. Yeah, um, there was no money. Blacksmiths, ironsmiths, when all that stuff came around, people that made fire, people that you know made shelter, all the rest of it. And everybody had their job and the wealth was shared and all of that. What broke socialism was scale. Anytime something gets too big, think how many companies have gone belly up because they're not prepared to scale, they grow too fast, they can't sustain the growth. Yeah. So we have to be aware that scalability and growth just for the sake of growth is a terribly negative thing. Well, just if, if you if your primary purpose is to grow, 
okay, well, grow to what and why? And what is the, what's the end game? Well, I think directional growth would be the key thing there, right? Mm-hmm. It's like just growing for the sake of growing. What's the point? I mean, I, I, I think, th- and even if we talked about it with working out, if we were to come back to that, right? It's like, what's your why with working out? Why do you go to the gym? Mm-hmm. It's like, why do you want to be healthy? It's like, if it's working out just for the sake of being healthy, I guess that's good. And it's probably, maybe that's your cause. But if it's working out just for the sake of working out, I guess... Yeah. Isn't that just an ego thing? Well, I mean, there, there could be a, an egotistical element to it. And, and that's fine as well. If somebody's doing something to be in a better place, then... If that's what you want to acknowledge, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. But I think it's, to your point, it's incremental growth. Incremental growth is always healthier than, Mad than rapid growth. Oh, I, I'm going to so, somewhat disagree or put a caveat to that more so. It's like, I think massive growth is great as long as it's controlled in within the bumpers, right? You don't want massive growth that is damaging because, I mean, I think a lot of companies experience massive growth, but they have a plan in place to control the massive growth, right? So it's like, so if, if you're going to, because I, I would say if you had a massive growth year, if you doubled your business in one year, that's not going to negatively impact you. It's probably going to positively impact you. And you guys have the things in place to deal with it. Yes. I would need to make adjustments though. I would not and that's just fine, put it in place. But I'm saying I don't think that massive growth is always a bad thing. If 100 MIDs, that's a merchant ID, popped up next month, I would struggle with that. I would need massive help. Which is fine. Now I have the infrastructure. So to your point, I agree with you. Yeah. But um, again, Simon Sinek actually says, and we keep coming back to him, can you tell we like him? He actually says the only thing that grows just for growth's sake is cancer. Nobody wants to grow just to grow. There's no point in being the biggest if you're not the best or not one of the best. So think about it from, uh, you know, Walmart's perspective. They're probably the biggest retailer in the country but they're not well respected. Do you want to be in that position? Or would you rather be something more akin to a target or a, you know, they're, they're much more respected. Might not be as cheap, but they certainly take care of things much better than yeah. than other companies. Not to call out Walmart all the time. I, I do it quite often, but I don't know. What, what are you, a union here. kid or something? What, yeah. What's that? What are you, a union kid or something? No, not <laughs> at all. I just, you know, there's a, from, there's, there's, countless uh biographies i guess you would call them of what they were like when the the founder was around versus now and the changes that are made and different things that business practices that just don't sit right with me so i was giving it a little thought this morning writing down a couple of ideas and i don't have a whole lot written down on leadership because most of the time it's just you and i converse back and forth but one of the things uh when i think about people that are respected as a leader you think about how thoughtful they are a lot of the time, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Selfless. thoughtful of, of of their human capital. I, call, I refer to it as mm-hmm. human capital. It's probably a weird thing to say. But, I mean, they're not yet. Yeah, selfless is probably the best word for it, right? It's like they're human capital, but also they think ahead, too. So you think about those people. You might have had an assistant. Like we've got, uh, over the years, we've had a couple of assistants in the office, and there's some that are just kick-ass, man. They They think ahead. They look at your calendar. And they take ownership of it. And I think that was one of the words associated in my mind with leadership is like you really own something. Mm-hmm. They, really, they really own their job and they almost lead themselves. Like they don't need a boss because they just kind of run with it too. So, which I think garners the respect of their superiors and helps them and frames them as a leader in their superior's eyes too, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. But yeah, and ownership I, and leadership. Yeah, I think... That selflessness, coming back to that, it's actually one of the three 
further down I had three things that I think again I agree with that every leader needs selflessness empathy and grace under fire mm. and mm-hmm. we'll get to them later I just wanted you to be aware that um, no I mean talk about them now I'm amazed that you haven't brought up something that you always bring up <laughs> seriously whenever we talk about anything not necessarily in a leadership but however you resolve issues or how you how you tackle issues what's the always the most important thing that you bring up communication communication yeah yeah and i think the best leaders understand that communication goes two ways right and you're writing it down communication (laughs) see i had it written down i genuinely thought you would bring it up so i put some notes in about it no communication is is absolutely a two-way street yeah and we're in december of a year-long journey on this podcast i think my communication style and my communication abilities in a year have changed drastically been surrounded by the people that we've interviewed mm-hmm. who are great leaders for the most part mm-hmm. um some of them aren't well, really in leadership roles but mm-hmm. they're they're doing different things mm-hmm. so that's what i meant when i said for the most part not that i don't think any of them could be or are and that kind of leans into the how do you lead when you're not the leader but if you're not willing to listen to feedback you're you're in trouble when you're not willing to self-check or be checked and then take into account the things that people perceive of you because quite frankly perception's reality you know we we've had some the last month has been a an absolute lesson in this for me not from a leadership standpoint from an interpersonal relationship standpoint yeah but the first thing one of the first things i said to you is is that how people perceive me professionally as well because i need to address that so i think communication being a two-way street that's what i was just gonna say you say it's not just it's not just you talking right it's listening a lot of the time too Mm -hmm. but the other part i think that's huge and what is demonstrated by real leaders uh and we've talked about this in the office is communication is so much more than verbal, right? Like, we you know, it's a, the communication is 99% body language or whatever it is. It's like, it's true though. I mean, if you go up to somebody and they're talking to you, but they're in their phone the whole time, their shoulders are shrugged, they're looking at their computer screen or whatever. It's like, do you really care about me? Because what you're projecting is that you don't actually care about what I'm saying. Like, but no, I'm here, I'm listening, aren't I? It's like, well, yeah, you're listening, but not actively. Like, you're throwing off this aura and this vibe of, get out of my face Mm -hmm. so i think true leaders are engaged too right so yeah they're selfless they're thoughtful but they're really engaged in listening into what you are doing we have a program that we kind of use through one of our funds and i'm reading it right now i'll explain two things here i'm jumping the gun jumping the gun it's called the art of wow right and so it's the idea of listening to a client's story and gift giving with that so you know, it's like you're listening. So one example was I had a client who has a dog. The dog's like super special to them. Mm-hmm. Just means a lot, right? This little schnauzer dog. So I bought him a bunch of gourmet little dog treats and had him shipped to their house as a new client with a little handwritten note that said, thanks for coming on board. Really appreciate you guys. Here's some treats for Fido, you know. But I think... <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said Fido. Yeah, Fido, <laughs> Fido, 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 Fido. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, but it's like I think, and I'm not saying I guess humble brag, I guess again, but unintentionally that wasn't my intent there. Just that was just my first example that came to my head. At least was like mm-hmm. those thoughtful things. Listen to someone's story and give a gift, show an action, 
do something for them, whatever it is that means more than just like, hey, I bought you this little trinket at the store, you know, type thing. <laughs> I bought you this. I was coming up to your room when you're sick and I saw a balloon in the gift shop downstairs. Yeah. I did something similar last week, but mine's more funny than yours. <laughs> not, not in a, I don't want that to sound in a derogatory way. Uh, Jenna had to go to the Apple store and get her USB slot cleaned out because she had a banana in her bag. <laughs> she has a child also, so she had a banana in her bag. The this banana sounds got like such a bad end to wind. Got smooshed into the USB slot. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, it all got fixed and just, I saw this little thing and I was like, Jenna needs that. So I got her a Is banana case. banana holder? <laughs> Always protect your bananas. You don't want to get squished into your USB port. <laughs> So, but oh similar similar thought, right? It's like when you see things that make you think of people, when you yeah. have the means, and you don't always have to buy things. It can be an act of service. It can be that you you know someone hates a dirty dish in the in the sink. Yeah, wash put it, the damn put thing the up, clean it off, put it in the dishwasher, whatever you do, right? Yeah, it doesn't always have to be a buy thing or a whatever. But to the same point, it's just you can do these selfless things if you pay attention, if you're listening mm-hmm. and watching. And learning about people, there's little selfless things that you can just... Because just saying, oh, no, I listened, I heard you. It's like, great, you heard me, but you that almost makes it worse. And then you did mm-hmm. nothing then. Yeah, because guess what? The other thing, and this comes back to leadership, you are what you do, not what you say. Mm-hmm. Do you read books? Like, will you read a paper book? Do I read? Yeah, will you read a paper book if I give you a book to read that I have here? I'd probably download it. I genuinely... I'd, I don't even know if you can download it, but uh, what, I'm in the middle of reading a book called Giftology that someone gave me. You've talked about this before. I haven't started reading it yet until last night, so... But you I'm halfway the through book, it. Though. Did I? I? Okay, from by John Rowland or UHLN. He was a Cutco guy. Yeah. So interesting. But I'll have to give it to you afterwards. It goes along with that same concept of the Art of Wow. It's like thoughtful gifts. And there's an example of one guy who's trying to get a contract, uh, trying to get you know, this guy to use his company. Mm-hmm. And he found out, he went to the guy who was speaking at the event. It was a guy who was uh, the COO for 1-800-GOT-JUNK or something like that and brought it from $2 million to $126 million in three years or something like that in Jeez. revenues. So massive growth, which obviously worked out for them. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what's actually, maybe it didn't. I don't actually don't know where they're at now. <laughs> so I should have watched. Maybe they tanked after that. But he went up to the guy afterwards and really liked the guy's story and knew that he was going to be in town because he said where he was going to, in his guy's hometown. So he was chatting with him and offered, he goes, I know this guy gets offers to go to lunch in a concert or a, or a, it was a game. I don't know what the game it was, a base basketball game or something. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, let's grab dinner, go to the basketball game the night before when you're in town. He goes, he knows he gets those offers all the time that he's not going to be wowed, right? The guy's like, well, let me check my schedule. And the guy came, came in two hours late. But he had asked the speaker at the event, well, what are, we, what are you going to do that night? He goes, I'll probably just go shopping at Brooks Brothers. And he goes, what, what's your shirt size? The guy probably just thought you're a little weird. Mm-hmm. Dude goes, he knows the guy's running late, so he's not going to get to go to Brooks Brothers. Goes to Brooks Brothers, buys $7,000 worth of everything in his size, brings it to the room of the Four Seasons or whatever where the speaker is staying, and says to the manager of the hotel basically he's like hey do you want to make a really special experience for someone who's staying in your hotel he's a world like a world-renowned speaker of course and they're like yeah this is great they're like let's put this in his room then and so he set up the dude's room to look like 
so the dude could shop basically his the room and the guy when he got to his room he said he come to, he came down and met him in the lobby later he's like i don't know how you did that but like wow yeah like you've got my business <laughs> there you go it's like put those thoughtful crazy concepts mm-hmm. and things it's pretty cool yeah i agree i mean seven thousand dollars that was extreme but we didn't you know that he didn't keep seven thousand. no he did not keep and he's, he even <laughs> said in the book he goes even in the book the guy reimbursed him for anything that he did keep from brooks brothers so yeah he ret- i mean return it and mm-hmm. all that but i was like holy moly just that above and beyond shock wow yeah concept like the other one was found out the guy was a minnesota fan Found out that he graduated and engraved. They couldn't get a meeting with like the CEO of, uh, it was a public, big publicly traded, think Microsoft type thing. Mm-hmm. So they found out where he graduated from, took a 50 inch, 58 inch something slab of wood, had it engraved with the fight song of his alma mater and sent it to his <laughs> office. Wow. And within 24 hours, they got a call and they said, I don't know who you are, but you have a half an hour <laughs> at the, on Thursday to chat with Mr. So-and-so. It's like, dang. Yeah, I like these concepts. There's so many different um, stories like that, in a lot of the books that I've read. Yeah. And to answer your initial question, I will read it. It okay. will just be a slow process. I, <laughs> I, I, you could I, read it in a, probably four hours. It's like I have narcolepsy when I try and read a book these days. I just pass out. Do it first thing in the morning. First thing in the morning, go to the gym. That's why I listen. Second thing. That's why I listen to books. I still buy the hard copy. Well, see if you can buy it then. Maybe you can yeah. get it on Audible. Um, so one other thing that I have before we move on to the leading without being a, in a, in a elevated did. position. Well, oh, I, like, I want to yeah. go backwards. I think often leaders are not nimble. I know this story's fresh in your mind because you're reading the Simon Sinek book. But I've talked about Blockbuster and Netflix. I've even given examples. I did not understand the intricacies and it just makes so much more sense now so the ceo of blockbuster when netflix came out so netflix with a subscription model blockbuster mm-hmm. had brick and mortar yeah and it was hey you rent a movie you keep it you Somebody's return it after two days three days one day whatever it was if it was a new release it had to be back sooner well the ceo at the time had this vision as netflix were launching to have a subscription model hey what if we just charge people x amount per month and they can take as many as they want from the store or two at a time and they have to return them they can take two more two more two more yeah which is how netflix original or uh yeah, yeah well, netflix, netflix used to mail them to you yeah the discs blockbuster right. had that subscription model as well but they were kind of late to the game and netflix was too established because i used to get blockbuster movies in the because i had a membership so it was just easy to do it but <clears throat> he suggested this and do you know why the shareholders shot it down? Because Mailing cost or something? 12% of their revenue came from late fees. Oof. So they didn't want to move away from people not being able to be charged late fees because they never had that vision to go, hey, the market's changing. So I guess what I've got here is you need to be nimble, you need to be willing to make change. And that's absolutely... So Blockbuster doesn't exist. Literally does not exist anymore because... Isn't there one more? There's one left? I think there's one there? Blockbuster left. No, I mean, they've been liquidated. I looked this up months ago when you and I talked about it before. They, literally, the company is it does Video? not exist. Maybe Hollywood Video, but Blockbuster is liquidated and gone. Like, it's a, from a bygone era. And we probably have people listening to this, millennials, that have never on a Friday night 
gone and rented a movie, grabbed a thing of popcorn and some Mike and Ikes. Bend, Oregon. There's one Blockbuster left. But it's not company-owned. They must have just kept the name. Blockbuster as an entity, if you look them up, do not exist. They don't have shareholders. They were liquidated. Um, So it might still be a Blockbuster, but it's not company-owned Blockbuster. But it would be fun to go to it one night when you're down at Sincadia or whatever. Seriously, go to the Blockbuster, (laughs) rent a movie again. Yeah, that would be... (laughs) That's a throwback... But yeah, there's there's just that if you're not nimble, if you're not willing yeah. to adapt, and it doesn't always have to be as well. That's a good. Big a decision I think that's a good that. point, right? Leaders are adaptable too. Yeah, they're not regimented in their ways. They're not Stalin. I mean, they're not my way or the highway. You know, <laughs> that's I'm glad you. Comparison. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of bosses and people get egos too, right? It's like you think about. And a leader, they don't seem to struggle with their ego too much. Mm-hmm. Not all of them. I'm not. I mean, I'm sure all of all of us struggle with our ego at times, and and, and leaders struggle with their ego. But there's somebody that's admired. Yeah. I mean, they seem humble, and you know, their ability to redirect their efforts towards something that's mm-hmm. going to be good for their team is real. Absolutely. So I have a question for you. I know I keep springing questions on you, but I think you'll answer this one well and it shouldn't be hard for you. Uh, And it's in line with what we're talking about. It's not tangent or off topic. 10 Capital has two owners. You're part of the team. This is now going to have to go through compliance. It it won't have to go through compliance. (laughs) How do you, not having an ownership or a leadership title right now, Mm -hmm. how do you set an example and be a leader because this is, and, and I'll yeah. answer as well, but how do you do that within, within your this organization? Is, uh, so this is something that, uh, I've literally a good week to ask that question, that I'm like writing down on paper right now. I love it. Is, and, and working through is, you know, because I do, I want to have a leader position at 10 Capital, and that's something that I value, you know, is being a leader and, and being admired. I mean, that's the ego side of it, right? Like, in investing in human capital, I like I like to take somebody or something and speak vision into it and create it and inspire and watch it grow. Right, so uh, hopefully I do get the opportunity to be in a boss slash leadership position someday. But leading from a position where you're not a boss or not in a managerial role right now, I think for me, uh, I would hope it's. <sighs> First and foremost, from a family standpoint, you know, I want people to see you as like a good father, good husband. Mm-hmm. I think you can do that by, I mean, people in the office look at me and they say, you have a Thursday, you have a set Thursday night, date night, like adult night with your wife. Like, I think so it's leading by example, right? A little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know people bring that up in the office like, God, I wish we would do that. And it's like, well, you can, you just call a babysitter and say, come over at seven o'clock every Thursday. And they do. And then you can go out. Mm-hmm. So uh, things like that from a family standpoint, I hope, I, I mean, I, I can't say what the office thinks I lead on or don't. I would hope that that's an area. And then also, I think I, I've had multiple people in the office tell me they really respect what I've done in terms of building a book, right? Like I've not ever bought a book. I've not taken on clients from somebody else nobody's given me anything like i've gone and Mm -hmm. and done my own marketing created a client base worked the client base grew the client base right and had to do it all on my own so i think just in that regard from the bootstrapping side of it i've been respected and seen as a a leader in growing my own book i think a lot of the time a leader is somebody who doesn't always take the easiest path 
right? And mm-hmm. I, I, jo- I joked with Lauren the other day. It's like, for some reason, I always seem to take the hard road <laughs> with things instead of the easy road. <laughs> but you look back on it and it's like, I think that is something that makes you who you are and makes you strong as a leader, right? It's like, no, I'm, I'm going to be the guy who's cleaning the toilets if need be, you know? If they're dirty, it's like, like this morning, I go in and I make the coffee, even though I bring my own coffee in from home. Yeah. So I'm not drinking the coffee, but I made the pot of coffee so other people didn't have to, right? Mm-hmm. It's like seeing a need and fulfilling the need even when you're not asked to. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I would hope that people at the office see that. So if you listen to this and you do, tell me every once in a while that you see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that's funny. <laughs> Will someone please, see this, please, please? Please. So I think what you're saying, the only caveat that I would add is the being admired part. I, I think position, just for the sake of position, is a bad thing. And I think that that could probably be morphed into well I want to be in a leadership role so that I can focus on interns so that I can focus on you know new advisors and guiding them through how I built a book of business Mm -hmm. from essentially nothing or you know I think admiration in my mind would be like money it's like it's demonstrated value right if somebody admires you it's because you've demonstrated value if you make a lot of money it's because you've demonstrated value I would Mm -hmm. hope that the people see it that way at least so in my mind the admiration is the end result of you demonstrating value and purpose, you know, into someone's life. So and integrity, and yeah, integrity has to be before but, anything. I was gonna say, I think that's integrity. kind of like the underlying foundation mm-hmm. of it all, right? Yeah. It, it, I mean, you have to have integrity, in what, especially in our industry. I mean, finance, you got, <laughs> yeah, that can get away from you pretty quick. If you don't have integrity and you work in finance, enjoy your jail cell. <clears throat> well, the, I guess the biggest thing in your industry, not to go off on a tangent when it comes to integrity is what's best for you financially usually isn't what's best for the customer financially you can put people in products that are very lucrative for you short term and long term yeah less that, so in my in our structure but yeah yeah well you you know what i'm saying with so there's the broker model right which yeah. is where they collect a commission mm-hmm. and so we are a fee only model we can't collect commissions like that so yes i if i was at a broker brokerage firm which a lot of them are mm-hmm. i could sell you something that would pay me a higher payout than, you know, product, you know, I could sell you product X versus product Y and product X pays me twice as much money. And guess what? The legal language with those is so, and they're usually annuities Mm -hmm. (laughs) if we're being realistic. Well, yeah. Or they're a fund that has a front end load that they're going to charge you. Or fully vertically integrated companies that they're the they're the funds they're the the broker they're everything yeah. top to bottom like just, the one I worked at prior and left because of well without even naming companies I know advisors locally that have reached out through the podcast even and mm-hmm. asked me to sit down and I've literally spent an hour trying to sell me on a bad product yeah. And I'm like, you, you know, I'm like, well, you know my position. You which know is, I don't need Which is this. kind of funny that they know that you do a podcast with a financial advisor and they're yeah. still trying to call. Well, I need Consider to your sh- audience, people. Consider I need to show audience. you some of my uh, LinkedIn messages I've gotten over the last couple of weeks. I have to wonder how it works. Like, hey, brand new advisors, like six months in, like, you seem to be crushing it. And then there's just this whole cut and paste. Sometimes they don't even cut and paste well, and there's stuff in there that they've meant to well, send the to somebody Well, the font's different, else. too, half and the time. Like, and I wonder, like, has, uh, has this worked before? Like, have you gotten anywhere with this? Not with anybody who has been <laughs> sought out before to be an investor. So, 
Yeah, but um, similar to you. Yeah, let's you know, hear you. For yeah. me, on my team, and, and I was thinking about this this morning. Leading so from the sidelines. How we had a, a post it quite regularly on my Instagram story. We have a Monday morning call as a team. Mm-hmm. And there's anywhere from 12 people on it to five people on it as the team fluctuates. I think Alex, my division manager, and I are the only two that have been, and Bradley as well, but the only two, I mean, we're, I'm five years in, he's 13 years in, everybody else is a year or so tenure, so or less, when I say or so, by the way. A lot of times, when Alex asks questions, it falls on me to answer them because I've got the most experience, right? Yeah. Invariably, when he's asking about situations, I've, I've either encountered them or I've overcome them, right? And when you can't overcome them, you have to sort of find workarounds and things like that. So I think that's often a way that you can lead without being um, in a leadership role. Be forthcoming in conversations, group conversations. I think it's easy to just disappear into your notepad and doodle and wait Mm -hmm. for the call to be over. You know, be texting, checking Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. I think engagement is probably the number one way that you can lead without being a leader without having a title engagement is so important if you're not actively engaged and you're not openly trying to bring some this came up with you bring value and mm-hmm. and some kind of diversity to the conversations then you're probably doing yourself a disservice and you're really not being a good teammate yeah you have to be a good teammate regardless of whether your team's a thousand strong so i work in an eleven thousand person company but our team is small I'm available on the phone. I'm available by text. They can call me. They can always ask me questions. Hey, have you experienced this? And I'm yeah. quick to give them help. And that's that's part of a culture team player with mentality. Yeah. yeah, where I work, I'm blessed. I was talking to a guy in Arkansas last week. I called a, a point of sale company that I'd never heard of. Hey, I need to know how how we work with you guys. I know we do. Called this guy in Arkansas, and he called me back. Spent 20 minutes on the phone with me, telling me all the steps to integrate. It's pretty lengthy, but that guy took 20 minutes out of his day. I've never met him. I didn't know his name until one of the guys at this company, and he works at Heartland. So hmm. now I owe him a beer when we're down in Louisville in March. Cool. I'm like, hey, yeah, this is great. And that kind of culture, just being engaged and willing to help, I think is is a culture of helpers, right? Yeah. It's like we were talking with Weston. Weston's my two-year-old son. We say it's like, you got to be a helper, Weston. you got to be a good helper, right? And so he helps pick up. So it's like, I think a leader, it's funny, is someone who is a helper, right? Mm -hmm. It's like someone who is just willing to step up and help with no real, you know, clear return to them, right? It's sometimes a one-way street. It's like, no, I'm just giving giving you something of value, a 20-minute conversation to help you understand a point-of-sale system. Yeah, and sticking with help. So I think one of the most, and we've talked about this as well, I think, on other ones, uh, the most overused buzz term when it comes to leadership is servant leadership. Mm-hmm. Now, the concept is wonderful. Yeah, and I that think, was that example. Yeah, I think how it's applied is often misinterpreted. Um it's not about just volunteering out with or you know oh i'm going to go down onto the the factory floor with a hard hat on and say hi to three people and i'm the ceo and they should appreciate that that's not servant leadership for me servant yeah, it's called management by service around. and acts of service go so far so you know when you're when you're done let's say you have to work till 5 p.m let's say you're done at four can you look across the room and see someone that might be struggling to be done by five yeah. and say, hey, 
how can I help you get to where you need to be? And it's such a small thing. I say this all the time when I'm coaching, which I don't do as often anymore, obviously. But I used to drill into the kids. Little things matter. You do lots of little things well, and they add up to big things. Little things make huge changes. And that right there is a way of you not just being engaged with your teammates, but actively, hey, I see you're struggling. Do you need help first and foremost? Mm -hmm. Would you appreciate help? Let me help you. And that's a super simple way of, it's not always, hey, I can help you with this. Sometimes it's, well, how can I proactively help the team? How can I proactively get everybody closer to their goals and our vision? So I think that's, that's so important when you're not in a leadership role. I I'm, like I'm excited for 2020 now because at the same time, it's like I don't feel like I am in a real leadership position at this point with 10 Capital, mm-hmm. right? So I'm excited to grow my capabilities and abilities and I don't know, capabilities and abilities. Does that work together? Yeah. And uh, hopefully develop into someone that people do look up to. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's one of my long-term goals, right? Yeah. Is it constantly be improving and... And, and hopefully the infinite goal, the infinite goal is <laughs> well, to constantly be improving. So 2020 will be fun. So I, this is just a thing I'm thinking of. If people, I'd love for people to send us names of leaders that they admire or people that they think that we should interview for 2020. So send us an Instagram message or Facebook message or email us or something. Do you want a Tom Bilyeu update? You just made me think of this. I was, I thought about it earlier. <laughs> yeah. Do you got an update for me? I sent a DM. Okay. Nothing. Okay. Nothing back. I have a couple of plans for this week. Okay. That I'm going to put in so motion. you got three more weeks, right? What? What did we say? How long? Six months. Six months? But it's on record. Oh, we, on we the podcast it. in six months. No, I said give me six months. Yeah, so six months to make yeah. it happen. Okay. Essentially. To record with him. Yeah. Um, so if you get him scheduled and it's nine months out, it doesn't work. No. That's, that, whoa, you're moving the goalposts. We're going to have to go back and listen. <laughs> I listened to it when I was editing it. Oh, gosh. I didn't do it when I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I would never make such a silly, silly bet, especially with someone with a schedule like that. But no, I didn't get anything when I DM'd, so I'm going to try tagging in some videos and pictures and just, just <laughs> spam the crap out of him until he gets sick of it, I think. <laughs> that's, that's, that's plan two. Uh, and then plan three, we'll see. I'll have to think on that. You can go fly and knock on his door. Yeah. So there's a, there's a Tom Bilyeu update. That's funny. That's, the, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> so, it didn't respond to my DM. He didn't slide into his DMs. Didn't let him in. I did. Yeah. So the other thing about um, leadership, mm. I think, <laughs> when, when you're not in leadership and you want to be a leader, knowing what to say no to and what to say yes to, I think. Yeah. Not, not just set as an example setter. I think often as we aspire to be more and do more I think we often say yes to things that we just cannot from a physical standpoint accomplish yeah. you know it's like if someone says well I would like to just be, try to take everything on yourself I would like to have this project completed by January 1st and you're like well hey it's uh, <laughs> what day did I say we're releasing it's the 16th of December and it's a three month project Yeah. so A you have to be unrealistic timeline forthcoming with customers or whoever you're setting this timeline for and say, hey, we have a, we have a, let's say it's a two month onboarding process and you want this in two weeks. You understand if we commit to that, we're doing you a disservice, we're doing ourselves a disservice and we have to cut corners. So I think often being 
a lot of people look at it as negative when you're realistic, but being realistic and, and being in a non-leadership role and saying, hey, just for the record, this probably can't be accomplished to the standards, not that you can do it. I think that's the key. It's like you can say negative things in a positive way. Mm-hmm. I don't think this can be accomplished to the standards we set for ourselves if in we that do time it frame. in this time yeah. And I think leadership from a non-leadership role, that's essential. Not taking a dump on everything and saying, oh, you're an idiot and we can't do that. It's like, hey, let's think about this. You have this task and you have this task and you have this task. How long does that normally take? And it's not always a time thing. I'm just using that as an example. And and in sales, mm-hmm. you know, I make a sale, I want them installed today. That's not always realistic. I would rather measure twice, cut once. And I think that's also a trait of a, a leader. Not that you won't take a risk or you won't expedite things, but sometimes you got to be like, hey, we have to be cautious here and this is where we take the risk type of thing you know Hmm. there's so many different topics we're going to have to talk about next year like leadership is fascinating it's going to be a really fun topic i was just thinking i'm 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 enjoying this so like just this conversation yeah it's like and the people we're going to get to interview and discuss leadership with like i think it'll be pretty cool i think we're going to do it in a way that isn't super boring as well i just think (laughs) Like all those other podcasts out there. No, not even podcasts. I'm joking. But, you know, one of the, 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 probably the most feedback, or the the number one piece of feedback we get repeatedly, when you look at our ratings, when you look at our reviews, and when you speak to people, it's like, you guys have a really cool dynamic. Like, Mm -hmm. you're very different, but you're also really funny with each other, and you're you're on the same thing thought processes quite often when it's not planned like that like we genuinely don't script this right just think similarly in some things and other things we're thousands of miles apart yeah you're wrong yeah (laughs) (laughs) solid leadership they're not able to see someone else's point of view (laughs) i see what you did there ben i'm not calling you out at all um no i think me see someone else's point of view whoa (laughs) whoa (laughs) mr my way or the highway over here Again, I think we've both we've shown learned. growth in that mindset that, yeah. yeah, there's there's more than one way to skin a cat, as my, my lovely grandmother used to say. Why are we skinning cats? No That's idea, messed up. That was, that was... What type of childhood did you have? If you look that up on the if Google, you that's a common cats, phrase in Scotland skinned, and Ireland. I know it's a common phrase. But I was going to yeah. say, if you skin cats as a kid, that would explain a lot. No, I've never. Okay. never killed an animal. That's good. Tell a lie. I've shot animals for food. I've hunted. I did. I shot a woodpecker once and felt bad about it. He was pecking my house and I killed him. You're, you know that's... So coming back to Dan Cummins and Lindsay I Cummins... Like, I better watch what I say on a recorded thing. No. Um, yeah. The amount of random serial killers that had those issues as kids, killing cats and dogs and... Like, oh, you mean like... Seriously, they just like did, just, yeah. that's what they did until they got their... Until they were big enough to do it to humans. That's crazy. messed up. That is messed up. So you shouldn't be admitting to that. I was telling people you killed a 28 years old and he was woodpecking my house so I shot him sorry guys Ben's for the watching keep an eye on this one (laughs) okay okay it's only you that needs to watch Stephen but yeah um, I'm coming for you Stephen I'm coming for you we've had so many tangents here that as we're talking you're talking I'm talking I'm like we could talk about a whole topic on just this and build it out and to your point, the uh, the ability to bring people in, and we're we're obviously aiming a little further and higher, and 
trying to get some some big names big names which is absolutely achievable and you know we want to grow the podcast and the community of the podcast but not just for the sake of growing it we don't just want to say hey we had value we talked about it we genuinely i think want to add value to people's lives now this this grew into something that we're just well, like otherwise why do we do this I mean, yeah, no, I mean, no offense. But do you remember the You and I can just go spend time having a beer and, and talk to ourselves. I mean, do you remember the conversation we had when we got feedback from Emily and she said that, well, you guys are self deprecating and you say things yeah. like, well, we don't know why anyone would listen to us. And this was like April ish. Mm-hmm. And we realized we're like, shit, we're in the self help game. We're, we're, in, we're in this game now. And yeah, we have to. You have to walk the walk. You can't just talk the talk. Like on one hand, you can't be saying, well, here's how we're going to be a success and here's how we're going to grow healthy. But on the other hand, like why the hell would anybody listen to us? It was like that dichotomy just didn't work, right? Yeah, we've had a few people call us out. Yeah. (laughs) On multiple issues and it's good, right? That's what I was, I was in this thing, this leadership document I'm writing today, I've been writing out is, it's like you need to be open to constructive criticism because it's how you grow, right? Two-way communication. Yeah, that's that two-way communication. It's like if you're not going to be open to hearing, it's like I'll go into the office all the time and ask, like, okay, give me your constructive criticism. Like I want to know because if I don't know what I'm doing, but you see something I'm doing that you think is negatively affecting our purpose in some way or our mission mm-hmm. in some way, let me know because I'm not going to change until somebody does. Yeah. And then taking that in a graceful manner. When somebody does, because I know people that we've given advice to, you know, that don't always take it so well. It's like, okay, well, I'm not going to offer them any advice again because they just lost their minds when I did. Their yeah. minds, multiple, all of their minds. Okay, you ready to be done? Sound like we're rambling. <laughs> well, we're an hour in. Yeah, I think that's good time. You know, we're trying to frame this as I think today's some of the best content we've had for a while I think so too yeah Um, but we're trying to frame what we're going to do in 2020 and we still haven't all the way got it locked in we know it's going to have a leadership focus we know there's going to be some some tangents here and there talk about mental health sprinkle of mental health on there yeah I mean there's going to be so many little sprinkles of different things Mm -hmm. you know and and how sprinkle sprinkle I I think you guys if you're listening to this and you've continued to listen to it I think you're going to enjoy this little journey in 2020. I think it's just going to be different. It's going to be unique. And we're going to visit a bunch of places and see a bunch of people and do mm-hmm. some really cool things. Again, and maybe maybe grow this to be a true community. That that's what I was going to say. It's like, this is your guys' podcast too. So let us know yeah. what you want to hear, right? If you're listening, mm-hmm. I mean, you're part of it. So let us know the people you want us to interview. We have no problem reaching out to anybody. So throw out oh, crazy names if you want to. Well, let's start with Tom Bell. Stephen, Stephen will just uh, slide into their DMs, <laughs> spam the hell out of them. Maybe show up on their doorstep. You know, whatever it takes. I like that you just put this all on me when we have a shared O2E journey well, account. Yeah. Um, I do the cal- calendar invites. You do the rest. <laughs> oh, you're you're taking the calendar invites over? Yeah, you're going to be bag bitch now too. <laughs> Oh. 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 No. Oh. oh. We're getting a good bag then. Okay. Thank you for listening to us. Yeah. Uh, before we go. Like us on Facebook. Like us on Do all of that stuff. <laughs> but. <laughs> wow. We're getting close to Christmas. Christmas. Tell someone you appreciate them. Snow do something nice for somebody that couldn't do it. Christmas. On their own. Remember the reason for the season. Santa. It's it's about goodwill. It's not about buying gifts and all the rest of it. Sorry if it's preachy, 
But like I said, this love hate relationship with Christmas is, dun, dun, dun. is, is always there for me. Love what it's for, hate how it's portrayed. So yeah, until the next time. Thanks for singing through all of that, Ben. Until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. Boom. Ben clearly cracks himself up. You're laughing inside. Now. Nah.